welcome to the Operation Move podcast. My name is Zoe and I'm here today with Kirsten. Hello. And we are going to be talking about all things UTA today. You did the it's 21 kilometres, isn't it? It's 22 kilometres. 22. Yeah. You see, I <laughs> thought that it was one of those sneaky ones that yeah, is a little is. bit longer. Yeah. And, you know, you know you've know, you got to give credit where credit's due. You've got to count for every single one of those kilometres. So. Exactly. <laughs> no, it was, um, yeah, and because especially that last kilometre is up 950 stairs, you've, uh, yeah, you really don't want to forget that. That's <laughs> stairs. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it was interesting. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. Like with that, like when you think, oh, should you, if you had a choice of doing the stairs at the beginning or at the end, but either way, it's it's not good. <laughs> no, no, they weren't as bad as I was expecting. I have to say, um, but um, but yeah, it was um, it was a lot of fun that weekend. I had, um, I mean, where can, how could you possibly go wrong? It's a weekend full of running and hanging out with people who love running so um and who do awesome inspiring things so yeah i'd go I'd, yeah go back and relive that weekend again in a heartbeat that's for sure so you said i certainly drove away with a full heart and uh, very tired legs because you also um were uh sort of helping crew with ness while she was doing the 100 as after you'd done yeah. your race weren't you yeah, yeah. I don't know which I was more excited about, to be honest, leading up to it. Um, uh, yeah, I was definitely excited about the run and that was um, and it was a great run. So um, while we had really miserable weather on the Friday, um, we certainly um, um, ended up with beautiful weather for the rest of the weekend and, and we had a fantastic time. I think I was, yeah, nervous about crewing. It was the first time I'd crewed. Um, and it was the first time Ness had done that distance, so I was sort of doubly nervous that mm. um, uh, she wouldn't necessarily know what to expect from her body and from her legs and, and from the distance um, and also what she might need from us as crew. So, um, and, yeah, not having crewed before, um, it was it sort of felt like a, a, a burden, you know, not a, not a burden, um, there was some responsibility there. There was yeah. a, a weight of responsibility. And, um, but in the end, it turned out to be a um, fantastic weekend for, for everybody. So, um, so yeah, like we um, – uh, I met up with Jess on the uh, – Jess, just on the Thursday night and we were staying at the um, Youth Hostel Australia accommodation there. Um, we went out for dinner and sort of got to know each other a little bit better. Um, and then we met up with – a whole bunch of people on the Friday morning because there was heaps of op movers doing the 22k, which was spectacular. Yes, so definitely from just uh, experiencing it on just through social media, it definitely seemed like a really fun weekend where oh, everyone was, was clicking. And... Buckets of fun. It was just yeah, it was um, it was almost criminal how much fun we had. So there <laughs> <laughs> was tears of laughter at one stage. So. Um, yeah, it was no, it was really really good. Um, I think we had uh, we had Emma, we had Danielle, we had Jas, and um, who else was doing it? Um, Jas had a friend, Leanne, 
who she was doing it with and Danielle had another friend, Catherine, I think, who she was doing it with. So, um, yeah, we certainly certainly did had a little group. Did you run with anyone on the day or did, um, you just do, did you do your own thing? No, I ran with Emma for most of the run. Um I'd sort of broached the subject um, of running together. Given that there were so many of us, I didn't know what everybody's um, plans were. And I said, look, does anybody want to run together or, you know, is everybody just going to do their own thing or um, what's the you know, what's the preference? And um, so Emma and I started out running together and because it was a really wet course and it was quite cold as well, we, um, we sort of took it easy going down the first um, eight kilometres because it is downhill for yep. the first 8K uh, and it was slippery and muddy and, and wet. Um, so that we do, it took about an hour to do that first 8K and I'll tell you what, by the end of eight kilometres of most of it being downhill, I was ready to start climbing. My legs <laughs> I'm so tired. <laughs> my legs were exhausted. My quads were just, you know, needing a break and um, and just gravity, you know, every step going down, it just yeah, it's, yeah, pe- really, really difficult. People often forget that you can't skip, like, training mm. to run downhill. Like, people yeah. often think of downhill as the easy easy part. Mm. But I remember yeah. in um, – in training for gore one of the things that i did is i did uh downhill sprints and my mm. quads were definitely better for it yeah <laughs> on, yeah absolutely on, on the day because even even with things with very mild elevation like during the i think in the sydney marathon which is you know a bit of up and down but it's not you know certainly nothing compared to trail yeah by the end of it the thing that hurt the most was my quads yeah Absolutely. And I think like I've, you know, read a few accounts of things like your know, comrades and, you know, they say don't be fooled into thinking that the downhill version is the easier you of know. the two because after 50K of downhill, your legs are going to be completely cooked. So, yeah, I was – like I'd done a, the trails that I'd done in preparation, mostly in Canberra around um, Mount Ainsley. They've got some nice downhill stretches and I – uh, that are on fire trails, and I sort of made an effort to um, to uh, run those at a um, at a decent pace, um, you know, faster than I I would have normally if I was just out for a, for a non training run. Yeah. Um, so um, yeah, just and especially after I've already run fourteen or so kilometres to then you know, run a good stretch of a kilometre downhill at a time and to try and pick up the pace as much as possible, not just to get used to running on the downhill, but downhill on gravel roads, um, you know, it's sort of, um, and on tired legs to sort of practice not falling over and (laughs) that controlled controlled downhill falling that is running downhill. So, um, yeah, and that and stairs, Doing, um, doing stairs on tired legs was the other thing that I try to bring into my um, training a little bit so which is not necessarily easy but um, I sort of uh, would do the best I can luckily there's a few runs around in Canberra where you can do a bit of trails and then head to the stairs that sort of go to the summit and then um, you know you can run a trail back down or you can 
head back down the stairs again. So, yeah, it's even just to um, try and go up those small portions of stairs as fast as possible, you know, try and make it, make sure you sort of get your money's worth and um, things like that. So, but yeah, we sort of, we ran together, Emma and I ran together until about 14, 13 or 14 kilometres in. And we had, because after the first 8K downhill, you've got another three or four kilometres to the first aid station, would be only aid station, which was all uphill. Um, and, yeah, to compensate for your 8K of downhill, you've got about six or seven kilometres of uphill um, before you get to a, a runnable sort of um, bit of single track um, of the course. So the last 5K... Um, I had said to uh, Emma, I'd asked Emma if she if it was all right if I went ahead. I was getting really cold and um, and thought I either have to move a bit faster or I'm going to have to put some clothes on because we'd been wet. We'd been rained yeah. on, you know, waiting around to start. We'd been rained on while we were running and there was no, there was only about 10 degrees or something. So, you know, the only way to get warm was to layer up or move faster so she was um she was pretty happy for me to do that and I thought oh, I'll just run up here and I'll wait for her up here and then they opened up into a bit of single track and I was feeling pretty good and so I sort of just took off <laughs> and um and uh she, with her with her blessing no no more water sorry um the um <laughs> the um three-year-olds um the uh so yeah, we in it. The last, I think, the last five k of the course was probably my favourite, and um, you know, I overtook a whole stack of people um, um, on the course, which was, um, which sort of uh, was good. It sort of meant I had to stop and and slow down a little bit every now and again, and um, so I was able to maintain quite a consistent pace over the last few kilometres, and then um, you know, running through beautiful rainforesty areas and um, over creeks and little bridges and it was just it was just beautiful it was really really lovely and um, and undulating you know it was not technical but but really um, really nice uh, runnable single track and uh, and then we got to the bottom of the stairs and uh, before we knew it we were climbing the further steps at the end so um which I'm sort of, I'm sort of glad that there was um, fog and I couldn't see anything because I <laughs> didn't really. I'm not the best with heights, and I didn't really want to have a panic attack halfway, um, halfway up the Ferber steps. But um, uh, yeah, it uh, it worked out pretty well because it was just. Um, you know, keep your keep your eyes on the person in front. You know, you didn't want to sort of get too close to the to the person who was in front of you. You didn't want to, you know, obstruct the person behind you and and all that sort of stuff. But the um, the further steps, yeah, they weren't as bad as I as I had in mind. I must say, I think I freaked myself out a little. You know, imagined the worst, thinking, how am I going to climb 900 odd steps after I've run a half marathon? But it turns out you can, and your legs actually don't hurt as much as you think they will because you're compensating. You're still making up for all that 
downhill that you've done at the start. So, yeah, and the apprehension yeah. of something like that is the worst part. Yeah. Usually, you get there and you're like, "Oh, this is not, not that, not that bad." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, you just and by then you're just you're cold, you're hungry, you want a cup of coffee, you want to get dry. Just get it done. Just let me just get me out of here. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm finished now. <laughs> you know, I'm, I've proven to myself that I can do this. I've had a great time while I've done it and I've had a great run, but um, but now it's time to um, it's time to eat. to finish up and time to recaffeinate and eat <laughs> some more food, some real food. So, uh, so yeah, but it, again, look, it was very doable. There was lots of people, all abilities, um, predominantly female entrants, um, I believe, of the 1,500 people that they had enter um they said something like 60 or 70 percent were were women um which is great to see i think it was a new new event new event last year this year or last year it's only um to, uh, it's only a recent um addition up, to, up the, to then, the uta did they, just, did they have it was the just 50 the 50 and, and the, the yeah and the 100 oh, that's and i cool. think yeah and the, the 22 as i saw it going in was a way to put your toe in the water without getting yourself in too deep so um yeah you know, well it's a very um technical a, trail races it's a very walkable distance too absolutely you know, and the very for, generous cutoff time for a, you know like a good day out i've certainly done um 20 kilometer trails in the past where there are a mm. lot of hikers there as well yeah and, and i was um i was actually surprised i shouldn't have been but i was it's just how many walkers there were yeah and I think um you know not being at the front of the pack it was certainly there was a lot of walking um you know after the after the downhill bit finished and we were heading uphill there was a lot of walking (laughs) so yeah it's very doable for anybody who's um thinking about uh, getting into something um like that then it's a great distance and um and it's a beautiful part of the world just just so lovely and a great community sort of feel to the weekend and um lots of excitement especially around the the longer the two longer races and um things like that so So what's the difference in the timing so when when did you start did you start you were on the saturday yeah no we were on the friday on the friday so yeah the yeah the 22 was on the friday and um uh the 50 and the 100 started on the Saturday morning. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So that makes it easy if you were going to, if you wanted to primarily be there to support someone doing the 50 or 100. Mm. Or if you the... wanted to volunteer, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, oh, for cool. the rest of the weekend. Yeah, lots and lots of people do that. Um, lots of people volunteered on the Friday for the 22 who were going to be running the 50 on the Saturday um, and lots of people who were running on the Friday and then either crewing or volunteering for um, for a friend over yep. the weekend, yeah, for the fifty for the one hundred. So um, yeah, and I I think that's um, and the volunteers were lovely. All the volunteers were were amazing. Everyone was really cheerful and happy and helpful and um, and encouraging. So all that you could ever want really in, in <laughs> volunteers. So um, and it's uh, and I think. They do um, they do this thing where you can if you volunteer you get race entry for the next year you know in return for yeah. your for your time um, which is um, 
a great way of, you know, getting people um, to, you know, to encourage people to sign up to volunteer as well as um, getting them back for the race again next year. So, um, yeah, that was the initial plan once we sort of um, had such a great time over the weekend um, was to do the 22 again next year and then return um, and then hang on, you know, hang around to, to volunteer for the rest of the weekend. Yeah. But um, but unfortunately, people do really inspiring things and now I'm not sure if I want to try for the 50 next year instead. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this, yeah, all these things should come with a massive warning, you know, be prepared to think that you might end up doing silly things yourself you know doing inspiring things so it's um yeah i haven't made up my mind yet but but it's it's certainly on the cards and once it's it's out there it's hard to it's hard to take it back yeah that's hard to ignore yeah it is yeah once that little you know, question has been raised in your head of, you know, God, look at all these people, they're doing it. Maybe I could do it. And, um, um, and yeah, I guess that's how things happen, isn't it? That, um, yes. <laughs> that the cycle perpetuates itself. So, right. <laughs> so I just, my word of warning, my caution is, my, uh, my, um, yeah, my caution is that if uh, if you do decide to go down to the woods <laughs> for UTA for a 22k next year, you might find yourself going back for a 50 the the year after. So uh, yeah, <laughs> comes with a, um, a caveat. Yeah. So uh, and the and the um, crewing finesse was just just the icing on the cake. Really, it was um, it was. Uh, it was lots and lots of fun. We had lots of laughs and um, and a great way to sort of make the weekend last longer. Yeah, um, it was nice to have a full weekend away and not just be up and back for the for the run. Um, and it was really lovely to to actually meet Ness and um, and to spend a bit of time with her. Uh, and she. Believe it or not, she seems oh, you know, from the podcast or from online in the community. She's um, she's just a hundred percent what you see is what you get. So, um, which was really lovely, um, not unexpected, but you know, just really lovely. And yeah, the- it's, it's 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 always a bit of an unknown when you mostly know people online, um, and then you meet them in person, and sometimes they a hundred percent marry up mm-hmm. to sort of like how you imagine them talking and, and being and everything like that. And sometimes it's not that they're disingenuous. It just, you know, you've sort of like have a Sometimes things get head. lost in yeah. translation um, too, don't they? But, yeah, that was my experience when I um, met Ness as well. Like, yeah. There's, yeah. Um, it's – and it's always – I don't know. Like, I always feel like it's, it's really nice because in some ways um, – it kind of makes everything that happens online seem more real and more genuine as well because then absolutely then you've also got that person's voice like whenever they post something you know what you've their got voice their intonation sounds. you've got yeah. the mannerisms you've got the background of you yeah. know who that person is um in real life as well as um as well as online so yeah it certainly was lovely and I, I recognized her because of her tights <laughs> I'd seen from all her you know because post-run selfies uh 
you know, a way of identifying people. <laughs> and uh, and I saw what – I looked over and I saw this girl wearing these swirly coloured tights and I thought, oh, they look just like Ness's tights. And then I looked a bit further up and I was like, hey, that's Ness. <laughs> so, um, so that was uh, um, – really serendipitous not to have to worry you know where are you and I'm here and it was just like hey you were standing right there like two meters away so um it was <laughs> it was really lovely and uh and meeting her friends Haley and Cherie was just um it was just hilarious they were a great couple of girls and um uh and while Jess and I were sort of there from the running point of view Cherie and Haley. Um, obviously great friends with with Ness and, and was sort of there from a, you know, they sort of knew her personality, um, you know, inside and out from, you know, whereas uh, I haven't, they've obviously known her for a long, long time. So, um, so that was really fantastic to have that combination in the support crew so people who you know from the running side of things and people but, yeah, from the like it's from home definitely from, from a, a personal. gateway drug because Haley joined learn to run after <laughs> she that. did and Cherie started doing couch to 5k I think as well <laughs> they're both like no I hate running don't know what it's all about and by the end of the weekend they were like they caught the bug completely so yeah, I told you, it comes with a caveat, yep. word of warning. Don't hang around <laughs> people who do inspiring things. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was uh, – um, we had lots and lots of laughs. We After Ness started running on the Saturday, we went to <laughs> we went to Audi and, and participated in the Audi snow gear um, sale rush. <laughs> Someone copped a trolley in the back from an old lady and, oh, it was just – it was so funny. It was just – it makes me – just about burst into laughter just thinking about <laughs> the shenanigans the shenanigans of that weekend and then the uh the meeting of Ness at the at the lookout for the three sisters and we're just standing around doing the tourist thing waiting you know to sort of go back and have another cup of coffee while we waited for her and having not long said goodbye to her at the um checkpoint and uh and yeah turn around and uh, taken some photos of the gunman man and he, as he was running past and, and yelled some support at him and uh, and we saw maybe Ness will be along soon because the Garmin man had been not far before her for the um, the previous checkpoint yeah. and uh, and then the next thing we know she's popped up from the stairs <laughs> and we're busy taking selfies in front of the three sisters and going oh oh we just need Ness here and then she appeared it was it was very funny. So <laughs> it was um, it was really lovely, and to find that the um, having not ever been to the area before, it was um, I was just so struck by the beauty of the place. It was just it's just an amazing place to to visit, and um, and to combine that with a running weekend with some awesome people was just magical. So yeah, I definitely put it on the list. You know, if anyone was wavering between you know, to do or not to do, I'd definitely recommend it. So, so yeah. Yeah, I mean, I haven't been there in years, but it is an amazing part oh, of the world. It's just glorious. And you, you look at it and you think, I, I found myself at one point just looking out over the valley and and the, the vista, it was, and the sun happened to be setting as well, which, you know, was terrible. It was awful view. And, uh, and I thought, God, if this is how big 
this is, imagine the size of somewhere like the Grand Canyon. And mm. I've, I've never been to the Grand Canyon, but it just... It's just the nature's way of making you feel so small and, and um, you know, not insignificant, but, you know, you're just, you're just a little little thing in this big, gorgeous country of ours. So, yeah, it was it's just... It's nice um, to have your kind of, I think, those kinds of things are so good just to sort of restore your childlike sense of wonder like you can just kind of like go through the day you know like adulting and you know and then you'll be like out on a run and even if it's not somewhere as incredible as that I that can happen to me even oh it can happen just running down the road run locally and beautiful sunrise sort of like the you know the sun burning off the fog or whatever it is and you just sort of get back to that that sort of place where you don't have, you know, worries or concerns you know, or sunrise you know, through responsibilities the or, you know, and you're just like, wow, this yeah, is amazing. things to do. Yeah. <laughs> it's just part of the, um, it's one of the, you know, it's one of the things that you love about running and, uh, and we were lucky enough that weekend to do it in a pretty beautiful spot. So, and so close, I mean, you know, it took me three hours to drive up there, and I caught myself one point at one point thinking, "Why haven't we been up here before?" And I can't wait to take my family up there and and um, and show them because it's you know, it's a living so close to it. Um, you know, you could drive up there for for lunch and and drive home again. Yep. It would just, you know, it's it's the sort of thing that you could do in a day. So people drive further to go to IKEA, so or Costco. <laughs> so you know, <laughs> don't they? <laughs> so I think, uh, yeah, I could do them, um, and just show them, you know, how gorgeous it was. And and I think I felt a little bit ripped off in the fact that we just had no view at all on the Saturday, on the Friday, because the weather was so terrible. It yeah. Was, um, you know, it was wet, it was foggy, it was cold and all the rest of it. And then um, um, on the Saturday morning, and I'd said that to the girls on the Friday night, it's like I've come come all this way and I didn't get to see any, like I didn't get the views, I didn't get anything. And one of them's got up and pulled open the curtains of the house we were living in and she's <laughs> gone, oh, well, it's just here. <laughs> just look out the window. And the house we were staying in was literally on the edge of the trees and there it was all in front of us and it's all its glory we couldn't quite see the three sisters from from the balcony but um but we i don't think we would have been far off being able to to look around it was just um spectacular so um so yeah it's uh it was certainly a great weekend and uh yeah if if anybody's (laughs) thinking about going back there'll be more of us I'm sure there'll be a bigger up move contingent next year. No, darling, that's sharp. No, sorry. <laughs> no, no. The um, my kitchen drawer is not safe anymore, and I have constantly got to just keep an eye on what this kid is. Yeah, you can play with that. What since, this kid is. Since um, Piper's chopped her own hair every time she goes to grab the scissors, I'm like, what for? What are you doing? Yeah. yeah, but yeah, and Heidi did that too. <laughs> she did that in April, and uh, and she now goes and helps herself to all sorts of things. Can I cut you off a bit of that, please? 
don't want 10 metres of kitchen string strewn around the house. The, um, yes, the, uh, the joys of having a curious three-year-old around. <laughs> Never a dull moment, shall we say. <laughs> so, no. Anyway. Um, and I think nests, um, we should talk about the, the guy, the guy that we gave a lift home to on the Saturday night. Um, Ness wanted to um, bring that up. She yeah, we had a, we, um, we've had a request for a chat. A request about, about it. <laughs> for a chat <laughs> that <laughs> happened. <laughs> we had a – Ness, we just said goodbye to Ness um, at the 78-kilometre checkpoint, um, which oh, was – just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? 78 kilometres. 78 kilometres. And it was – actually the start point for our 22 kilometers so if the race hadn't had to have been um diverted um she would have run her last 22k would have been our 22k so um so it was at queen victoria hospital and and where the the 78k checkpoint was and it was a nice big checkpoint and we had been waiting for ages for ness to come through and um and we were just about to head off. We'd got in the car and we um, uh, were trying to defrost in the car. It was getting pretty <laughs> cold at that time of night. And because uh, it was about 9.30, about 10 o'clock at night, 10.30 at night, I think, by that stage. And um, we got hailed by one of the volunteers um, and they wanted us to give a guy a lift back to the um, race precinct the back to scenic world because he'd pulled out um, at the 78k mark and um, uh, so that was um, which was fine I think um, Hayley was a bit put out because she had to move out of the front seat of the car <laughs> the heated <laughs> heated front seat of the car and sit in the back but um, so we popped him in the car and uh, and we were just having a bit of a chat on the the drive back because it was about a 20 minute 25 minute drive back to where we were going to drop him off and uh and he pulled out because um it was his ninth or tenth uta so he'd obviously started when the race started when it used to be the north face 100 and um and he pulled out at the 78 because he was uh i'm not sure if he was he had a few niggles and he wasn't going to finish in the time that he wanted to finish. Mm. Um, and we got to talking about, you know, married kids, all that sort of stuff. He had a wife and a son, I think. And um, and, and the, the conversation came around to um, how men run, will always run faster than women, mm. which is, you know, physiologically speaking, mostly yeah. true. Mostly but true, not, yeah. but not necessarily. It's like saying all waiters in France have red hair. Um, it's not. It's not a given. No. Um, and we sort of made some, you know, we made some comments about. Well, you know, we do our best. We train as well as work, as well as parent, as well as all the other things that we do. Um, and his observation, like it wasn't, it wasn't, um, I don't think he was having a go necessarily or being, you know, judgmental. He was genuinely 
curious as to why it is so. And I said, well, you know, who runs, who runs your house, you know, when you're not there, when you're out on long training runs and, uh, and things like that. And it was, like, well, it was his wife and his son and, um, yeah, his wife looked after his little boy and, um, you know, she sort of, she wasn't into running, so that wasn't a problem. Um, it's like, well, we work around <laughs> full-time jobs sometimes, part-time jobs, certainly full-time mothering and housekeeping and, you know, household organisation and all the other things that we as mums and women, not necessarily mums, but as women we carry the bulk of the mental load of the household yeah. most of the time. You know, the shopping lists, the bill paying, the, you know, the coordination of all the activities and and things like that um as well as the physical stuff um and it was it was a genuinely interesting conversation i was trying really hard not to take offense at what he was saying because your immediate reaction is of course to um go on the defensive yeah i mean and like logically there is like there's in you know in many ways that's correct you know like you would never going to get a woman to run like say the 100 meter sprint as fast as Usain Bolt like it's just not no. not going to happen yep. because physio- physiologically you've yep. got a serious lack of testosterone <laughs> yeah. for starters yep. you've um, got you know higher got, higher body fat um, yep. and all of all of those uh, things you've got less muscle you know like it just yeah. But there, it is interesting now with, um, you know, with women being more involved in ultras. I was reading the other day that sort of like the longer the distance of the ultra, the more likely women are to beat men because it mm. just suits them yep. a lot better. And you see like yep. in a few days yep. the CrossFit game start, which, you know, um, there are a few people like you and I and Ness who – you know, do CrossFit who, you know, probably look at um, when they've got the CrossFit games on, like, oh, they think they stream it on YouTube. I mm. was, um, and I was watching uh, on the documentary they had on Netflix from last year, and the first event was a trail run, and uh, Sam Briggs came, like, I think third or fourth overall. Mm. So, yeah. you know, there are like in some ways in in general terms it's true but in specific terms it's you know it's not no (laughs) like there are always going to be women who are faster than some men not all men certainly and there are always going to be sports that are that play more to women's strengths than yeah than other and and vice versa yeah 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 Yeah. and even like the other day i was listening to a podcast is this uh, movement specialist and he was talking about how really kind of traditional gyms are all set up with all kind of movement practices that are engineered for men to be better at them and is kind of like what would a movement practice be if it was actually kind of engineered with women in mind with things that actually suit women and things that probably men are crap at you know and it was sort of like pointing out some of the you know systemic things that happen in you know in gym environments which was which was very um 
very interesting but yeah I agree there's a huge amount of you know um, sort of stuff that a lot of a lot of women do that is just often uh, you know expected like not necessarily yeah in our individual like I mean there's like I guess in in my situation like I work from home and my husband works full-time so there are just things that even though we both work that I will be attempting to the default goes in, to you in, yeah to my day you know yeah. and so it will just mean like oh I've got to do this thing for the kids so that means I've got slightly less time to do this and you know mm. and he sort of helps me out by then sort of you know like he'll take time off his work you know like when I am going away on trips or in school holidays so that I do have time to get work done but there's a certain level of flexibility that he just doesn't have because he's in a traditional role yeah and you know and schools by and large sort of just seem to be still operating from this 1950s concept that no one works <laughs> the, you know? the one who yeah parents the children yeah and who's yeah. there to pick them and, up and drop them off yeah you know so you can't just there aren't a whole lot of women who just go yeah i'm just gonna um you know like i'm gonna train twice a day and i'm gonna do you know like yeah i'm gonna set up my my whole sort of my whole life to sort of revolve around this thing so there are certainly um limitations in yes. there and i think it's yeah. i think it's also um sort of an interesting thing to talk about too because it's it's almost like how is like why does it matter exactly yeah why does it it doesn't it you know it shouldn't matter i mean we were sort of i think the um uh you know you've got i think i don't know to me it's it's sort of a testament that to to how much um more dedication some women need to to um to have to their sport to be able to work it in around all the other things that that they might find themselves doing and to take the time out from their families to spend that time training or to spend that time running or to spend their time at the gym or or doing things like that and it's um and it and it shouldn't matter i mean you have a you have a winner and you and you, and you have you know you have, i think it's um it's great that you've got people who are you know, races that are acknowledging male winners and female winners and and things like that with equal um kudos and equal sort of prize money and and things like that because hopefully you know we're on the 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 uh the downs you know the the flip side i guess of a men's prize packet and a women's prize packet which is significantly smaller even though there's you know exactly the same effort being put into into these races and same distance run and all, all that sort of thing but um but yeah it shouldn't really when it comes down to it, it shouldn't really matter i mean we all love the sport that we do does it does it really matter if some people i mean you know some women run a lot faster than i do some men you know they run a lot faster than some men that that run you know it's and there's men out there who are um who are faster 
as well. It, sh- it just doesn't really, you know, it's a body, you're moving it, you're running. It should it should it those gender differences should they really should they really matter? Yeah, I, I mean, it's my... yeah, I, uh, I kind of I tend to think that you know, like you see, like I like I follow some guys on Strava who run like really fast, like really. And I'm just like, you know, they're like out on an easy run running, you know, like sub four minute kilometers for, you mm. know, like thirty Ks or whatever yeah. whatever it is. Insane. Like just like yeah. crazy, crazy fast. But it um I kind of don't I don't really relate it to myself at all because it's sort of like, no. well, you know, like I'm here and I want to try and improve on that. So that's kind of like the only, yeah. only real like place that I would, I would go. I think it's probably, um, and I think for a lot of women probably because traditionally there is that like quite large gap in between the pace that men run at and the pace mm. that women run at. They don't even think about what the men are doing because it's kind no. of like so far removed. It's sort of like, well, why would I think about that? You know, yeah. like yeah. that's absolutely that's kind of yeah. neither here nor there. Yeah. Interestingly, when um, they had the results up of Gold Coast. Um, Gold Coast Marathon, uh, they had the kids race and they have like a 4k and then they have a 7k and then they have the 10k or something the kids events and you know i think at the 4k the eight-year-olds and the nine-year-olds the boys and the girls they're pretty on par yeah it's only when the boys hit puberty (laughs) and then puberty happens yes and then and then they just there's no stopping them and you know hell has no fury like the energy of a teenage boy like it's it's just um it's it's something that is just. I know that um, part I of nature, but I think it's. I think it was written by um, Lauren Fleshman, who I know of, because like she's the one who put together that, oh, the diaries. Uh, the diaries, mm. and she wrote this thing, which I will try to link up, um, which was all about her experience as a young athlete and what happened mm. when they got to the age where the boys hit puberty and she could no longer. You just can't catch them. Yeah. And she went through this kind of this period of, you know, like a bit of like I think like a crisis of motivation. Like if I can't win, what's the point? And um, and you know she came from a sporting family and her dad was just like you know like once they once their hormones kick in you're just never going to catch them you know like it's just not possible. And it's sort of like how she sort of came into her own as an athlete and made peace with it and everything. So that be um an interesting read yeah for, people, for sure i think um and because yeah like it is like it's so easy to get into the comparison thing and i think it's very very easy now that you know like everyone's publishing like their workouts and stuff on on strava strava and yeah. you know it's easy to kind of people like, have got what instagram are they accounts doing that i'm not doing yeah. and yeah you know um it comes down to that comparison being the thief of joy. I mean, it you know, it just um, – whether you're comparing yourself with, you know, someone who also runs from the same town as you or, um, you know, whether you're comparing yourself to someone who runs 300 kilometres a week, you know, it's it's not – it's not productive. It's not – you know, it sort of takes away from your own personal joy of, 
of running. It doesn't matter who you're comparing yourself to. I don't think it, whether you're comparing yourself to elite runners or, or um, yeah, I mean, and and it's very. I think it's easy to get sort of caught up in that. Like people assume that like whatever the training of the elite person is mm. going to be something that you should do as a recreational runner. But often yeah. the things that benefit that you know that create the improvements in non-elites are very very different from how you know elite people would train and so it's often Mm. very sort of counterproductive to even look at at what they are doing because that is a very specific sort of training and you know um you looking at people who like say if they're in their 30s now have been have about 20 years of running under their belt Mm. They've been running since they were kids. Yeah. yeah. And competitively running since yeah. they were kids. Not just, you know, running to the milk bar <laughs> to buy, you know, to buy lollies or something. <laughs> These are kids who have been in state rep athletics and, yeah. you know, cross country, et cetera, since a, mostly since a really young age. And they've been so, building distance base since then, you know. Yeah. Like it's and not... likely they've had a coach that they've been working with since they were teenagers and, you know, under the guidance of somebody to say, look, we, we need to focus on base building. We need to work on base building before, you know, we start throwing everything you've got at these races. So it's... um. What's, that was that book. Um, there was a book I read by the, um, Arthur Lidyard. That uh, was he a New Zealand coach? Yeah, he used to coach a lot of Commonwealth a- athletes, and you know, and he just focuses so much on that base building um, time. And he said, without it, you know, these elite athletes will burn out. Yeah, and he was very interesting too because his version of base building is probably quite different to what a lot a lot of other people associate mm. with base building in that it was the full aerobic base so it wasn't just mm. like everything at low heart rate it was like you know uh tempo and fart like are aerobic runs and it was sort of like the top end of the aerobic and the bottom end of the aerobic and the whole mm. sort of spectrum of things and hills and that kind of stuff so it was yeah he's you know, a very interesting coach yeah and very successful one too yeah he, he coached, coached a lot of uh, commonwealth champions and olympic champions i think didn't he and uh and apparently been was uh credited with the um the uh the cre- creation of the the jogging craze that uh <laughs> still hasn't really let up but it's um you know the, the, he got you know he's got the general public participating and getting out for you know getting out doing their recreational running or, or jogging <laughs> as, he, as he liked to say in his book but um every time he wrote jogging i mentally corrected him with running <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah like um sense. people at crossfit have learnt that to don't never, call it a jog <laughs> to never say to me are you going for a jog now i'm yeah, going for a run, a jog. Now. <laughs> a run. <laughs> so. yeah, yeah that, i don't know i don't use that word no yeah it's it was really interesting and i think from from this particular guy that we met in the you know um at this point in in the race and i think uh the other girls who were who were in the car would agree with me was the fact that that this guy was um he was pulling out at 78k because he wasn't getting a time that he felt was worth the extra effort and yet we I, just yeah, I find that we just like that. That, that's... hugged and kissed Ness and sent her off with a massive big you know 
you go get them. I have, um, I have a hard time to wrapping, finish her hundred k. Wrapping my head around mm. um, somebody running so far, and then just stopping, and then not thinking. Like I, you know, like I know people have to pull out with injuries and stuff like that all the time, yeah, and that's but definitely, he wasn't. Like he had some niggles, but he wasn't injured. It, but I can't imagine. Like I remember when I was doing my fifty, and I got to like I don't know, like because it was not that long after I'd done a marathon, so I was probably. You'd done really. Melbourne, hadn't you? And yeah. then you went on to do that Gold Coast 50. Yeah. And yeah. It, so it was only like a month or two later and I was probably not really prepared. <laughs> but <laughs> <It's> um, hot. <laughs> so I got to sort of around 35 or so and it started to feel, you know, quite hard. And, yeah. Um, and it was, yeah, it was hot. And, you know, it, it doesn't seem like it's that much longer because it's just like that eight further than 42. But, yeah. So like I think it, it's a fair way longer. <laughs> it felt longer. And, um, yeah. and so, yeah, like the last sort of 15 were a real slog. But yeah. I was, yeah, like I just did that kind of blows my mind that you could get to that point be physically okay like I was feeling it too yeah. you know like muscles are sore everything was aching yeah. you know like it was I was hurting but to go I'm gonna like sacrifice I'd rather have a DNF all of that work bad time rather yeah. than like keep going for 15 kilometers like admittedly yeah. I had the benefit of it it was during the day and there was sunlight and there were yeah. aid stations that had coke you know but yeah, yeah. um but yeah like 78 kilometers is such a long way to go it's, to then like a, it was a yeah. whole day's worth of running they'd set off at six o'clock or six thirty in the morning it was ten thirty at night by this stage he'd spent his whole day running to just not keep going because it wasn't going to be the time that he wanted. And, yeah, I really – I think that was, <laughs> you know, it was sort of a um, – it was an unspoken kind of sentiment. I'm obviously, you know, being complete strangers and we have no idea. No. You know, what no they, what no right to pass judgment no. whatsoever. But, but given that what the situation that we were in at the time with cheering Ness on and, uh, and her efforts and how – we knew how much – it was hurting her by that stage and how many more hours she still had to go and her determination to finish regardless, you know, well, short of, you know, she wouldn't have, if she was had hurt herself, she wouldn't have, um, um, I don't think she would have kept going if she'd done herself some damage. But, um, but you know, just that. But there are ne- niggles that happen that aren't. That, that it can yeah. be painful, but you know that it's not going to get can, any worse. Yeah. You know, yeah. like you, that and you're not running doing another twenty k is not going to. Yeah, you're not going to jeopardise the next six months of running no. from you know from continuing on. Or, um, but yeah, I think that was the. We um, yeah, there was certainly some unspoken words <laughs> flying around that car <laughs> that uh, that night, and it was a really interesting. I think you know. It was an interesting conversation to be a part of, and I think we were, we were all pretty tired. And um, he was obviously a bit, bit tired himself after having just run seventy eight k. But yeah, it was um, it was a strange sort of place to find ourselves, um, you know, that we hadn't really expected. But um, but yeah, I yeah, mean, and I, probably I was, also the kind of thing that I mean, I don't know, but I think that you know, being you know, part of the Operation Move community where we are probably a lot more on the, 
sort of in terms of like everyone's running journeys it's probably shorter than mm. you know like a lot of out a lot of people out there like I've been running for you know six years which is really yep. not that long of a period no, of time a, yeah and yeah. so I think that being a women's community and a relatively young community there's always mm. been such a focus on uh, you know things might go a bit pear-shaped but you can always finish and that's an achievement yep. in and of itself yep. Um, yep. and so I think coming from that and then you get thrown out into the <laughs> into the wider community and people know, have completely different perspectives world. to that yeah. and you're like people have very wow, different ideas. that is like I can't I w- would never have thought that that is a, a decision that someone would make but um yeah. you know but they it, do don't they I yeah. mean look at western states not that many weeks ago um and uh the guy who was uh leading the race who pulled out because he wasn't going to break the world record. What's his name again? The, um, oh, got a complete mental blank. Um, and he, yeah, he went out and it was a really hot day and it, he was, you know, a, um, ahead of race record time and, and everything. And then he, he pulled out because he wasn't going to, um, wasn't going to finish under the, and, and have a new record. Um, and then you've got a few weeks later, um, Killian Jornet, who finished with a dislocated shoulder. Yeah. And he'd run six, 16 kilometres into a 100-miler. He dislocates his shoulder, pops it back in and ties it to himself with his pack and then finishes his race and still wins. Like, you know, there's just, yeah, it was obviously that's on a much grander scale. But, um, but it's, uh, you know, it's a similar kind of thing I mean everyone has different values that they are part of their running and everybody has different stories of where they've come from and how long they've been running and what it means to them but um yeah, yeah and really, I mean I guess it's really interesting yeah I guess at that level I, I suppose sometimes people are thinking well this is this is my goal if I'm not mm. going to get the goal I'm going to ask all of this out of my body anyway and then I've got all of this recovery time whereas if yeah. I pull out now then I've yeah. got less recovery time I can regroup and I guess it depends yeah. what their what their and priority, I can focus on another goal or priorities are be. but yeah it's so far mm. outside of my experience. Yeah, absolutely. The, yeah, like, the, the, func- the workings of my brain. It's, you know, I'd rather finish a slow finish than not Yeah, finish at all. I mean, yeah. it's... Um, if, if the, you know, the timings of the race permit. The, so. amount of, the amount of races I've been in where I've gone in with an aggressive goal and then I've gotten sort of like maybe, you know, a quarter or a third of the way in and I'm just, it's just not happening today. It's not, yeah. you know, like my breathing doesn't feel good. My legs don't feel good. And there are, yeah. there are situations where there are some situations where that's just mental and you push through it and you come good. But there are some situations, which is what happened with the 50, where I'd gone yeah. in with an aggressive goal and I got like a third of the way in and I'm just like, yeah, no, that's not happening today. And in some ways it's quite then quite liberating to go, no, it's not happening. So I'm just going to like back off. I'm just going to yeah. enjoy myself. Yeah. I will focus on my B or my C goal uh, yep. for today, and not yep. not worry about it, rather than kind of like fighting with my body to try and get what I know yep. is just not going to happen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. The um, yeah, I think it's you know it's all a mindset thing. It's all what you prepare yourself for, and you know you anticipate the fact that things might not feel good, or you. You know, you sort of set up a few goals 
so that you aren't putting all your eggs in one basket so that, um, you know, if things do go pear-shaped, then you've still got something to, to take away from the day because you're still putting in a huge amount of effort. You put in all the training and you put in, you turn up on the day and you, um, and you have a go. And sometimes you don't get the race that you want, but yeah. that doesn't mean that you don't get to have that you you know you can't walk away proud of yourself and and your efforts because it's not just about that it's not just about that day like it's you know every training block has a process every time you're working towards a goal you know marathon goal or half marathon goal or whatever it's um there's a process involved that's more it's about more than just the race I yeah think. and I mean you know like sometimes it all comes together but a lot of times that does not happen yeah, <laughs> so, it doesn't, doesn't. you know like and yeah. you just got to sort of roll with it and absolutely um, and know that, that you know as well as sort of like being physically prepared the training is going to have you mentally prepared for how you handle it mm. when things you know go Pop slightly sideways yeah you know? yeah um so, so yeah, and, and I think that that's probably part of what makes it, like, why people keep coming back and doing more and more. Like, if you are able to always put in, like, I put in X amount of effort and I get X result and that happens every single time, if it was why completely keep coming back? predictable mm. like that, you would lose interest. But because it's, you know, because it's wildly unpredictable, and there's that's so what many makes it addictive. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And I mean, uh, yeah. And I like I've. I mean, I'm. Um, uh, I guess it's a nice segue into um, into the Melbourne Marathon that's coming up in October because I'm, you know, I'm exactly the same with. No, that's my water. Sorry. Um, um, it's exactly the same. Yeah, I've you know went and did my first marathon at Melbourne last year, and and I'm heading back this year to to have another go because. Um, even though I'm still incredibly proud of the fact that I got through the training and I turned up on the day and I finished the run, um, there's other, you know, you almost feel like you've got unfinished business that you need to address um, before you can sort of put that to bed and say, okay, well, I'm happy with that, <laughs> with Good. how I've done in that event or, Good base you know, building um, for a 50K either way. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I just, uh, <laughs> just, yeah, isn't it crazy when once you start, you get an idea in your head and then it just festers and it festers and it grows. <laughs> but yeah, like I, I, I think you things. never, even re- regardless of whether it's like a first marathon or a second marathon mm. or yeah, a half marathon. A tenth or, yeah. Or whatever yeah. it is, mm. you always finishing that going, that was awesome, but I reckon but, I could do it better. Yeah, yeah. You know, like yeah. I would go in kind of like being more aware of my body I will have more training behind me you know I will be able to sort of just do a little bit more I will know what to expect a little bit more and I think that that's the best feeling that you can have sort of coming out of a a race like that not like oh I could you know like I've had ones where I've gone I could never do that again, which is not yeah. not the feeling it's you nice. want to have. Yeah, um, yeah, and it, it sort of opens doors to possibilities, and it lights fires in your in your heart and your mind, and it, you know, it rather than closing things off, it makes you start thinking of what else, what yeah. else could I do? And you, you can know? kind of go, well, if I can do that, then 
I could do this next thing or the thing mm. after that, whatever that is, whether mm. it's, you know, a different distance or uh, doing yep. the same distance again, but, you know, like yeah. faster or, um, or even just doing the same distance again, but having it feel like less of a slog, you know, if it's the first exactly. time yeah. that you've done something. And, yeah. um, and in some ways too, I find it a bit like, I, I really enjoy reading like my favorite books I will read over and over and I find it really comforting because I yeah. know and probably similar with favorite movies because I know the plot and that's all like there's nothing I don't know about the plot I can kind of soak yeah. in all of the nuances of the movie yeah. or the book or yeah. all of the yeah. the sort of turns of phrase or all of the little things yeah. that have been put yeah. in there that when you're first reading it you don't have time to absorb that information yeah. because you're too yeah. focused on what's happening and what's going to happen next and I feel a bit the same way with distances that I get comfortable with is the more I run 21 kilometers the more I enjoy it because yeah. there is so there's so much of it that's really predictable like I yes. know this is how I'm going to feel here this is what is going to happen here this is how yeah. long it is this is how it feels and mm. you know with um like Gold Coast, I was much more able to take in my surroundings and enjoy the atmosphere because it was just so much more familiar to me having, you know, done that uh, yep. race a couple of times yep. before. Yeah, less, uh, yeah, less of the unknown, less of the anxiety that goes along with a big race like that sometimes, you know, how to get where I need to go, what's the public transport system, all your logistics side of things. If you can start to relax about that sort of stuff as well and that you know that you are more than capable of doing the distance, you yeah. can focus on trying to get the race that you want to have happen. So, And that's what I've sort of been doing with Mel with this year in, in anticipation of going back to Melbourne is, is trying – I've done the half marathon distance at least once a month, as usually as an event. Um, but, but, you know, to try and become more familiar – with the first half of that that marathon distance so that I can concentrate more on what comes after that mm. first half to try and build that familiarity so that me and 21K are good friends rather than, you know, enemies that need to, um, <laughs> you know, that, that, that it's a battle, you know, we're sort of going into battle, you know, we're, we're going to do this together sort of thing where, you know, I know... I can do 21K, whether it's part of a training run or whether it's part of an event. Um, you know, you can sort of get used to how you're feeling and where you might need your toilet stops and get practice with your fueling and, and things like that um, to breed that, to try and foster that familiarity and that um, that uh, lack of, you know, that, that get, just getting rid of that unknown factor you know how am I going to feel at 21k you know when yeah. I know that I'm halfway through a race instead of 21k and I know that I'm just about to cross the finish line so yeah it's sort of um it's like it's all you know I like to <laughs> I've had this sort of thing in the back of my mind that this is what I want to do and, and it seems to sort of be working I don't you know it's not 21k is not a scary thing anymore it's um you know it's a it's a regular occurrence in my in my running month so um it's um yeah it's it's i think it 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 works that's for sure to try and build up that and i think that's why a lot of people go from the half marathon distance onto the marathon is that you know there's that familiarity about 
the 21K um, leading into the fall. So, but yeah, it's sort of what comes after that. That yeah, I mean, I for me, it always time and effort is like the unknown part of the marathon is like from 30 to 32 k's. That's when it starts. Like that. That which is sounds crazy, but it's like yeah, like the 30 k's. I know exactly. Yeah. you know pretty much how that's going to go and then you just have no idea what your body is going to do like yeah. I've had had good ones where yeah. I've felt sort of strong the whole way and that's yeah. been great and I've had bad ones where things have really fallen apart like the wheels have come off at yeah. that um at that point but I just think that just the more times you do it then the more pr- the more prepared you are and I think also to you know once you are going into your your second marathon you, you know just your nutrition so much better because you know like the first time I was just like I was so hungry and I was so tired I would just eat anything yep yes <laughs> yes last time I was just about fueled on coffee I was eating a truckload of you know of food every day and I think I was up to like six coffees a day and I was just I was exhausted and I um because it was a new it was a you know there was a while it wasn't a high mileage plan that that you wrote for me it was certainly still pushing me from where I was before I started that plan and um and now you know at that stage I was on a 20k a week average maybe 25k this time going into it I'm on a 30 to 40 kilometer a week average and that's you know, I've just had a month where I've run nearly 200 kilometres, which is, you know, it's not even going to be the biggest month of the training cycle. And I, you know, it's already, it's got 30 kilometres ahead of my biggest month last year, which was right at the peak of of the marathon training cycle. So, like, I'm already, you know, I'm, I'm, my body's more accustomed to the, for the, you know, running a little bit further each week, not just, you know, on the long runs um and it's all you know you sort of get all these things working for you towards that towards that bigger goal and it's um and they don't have to be big things you know they don't have to be huge big changes it's just a you know you start off by adding a few more kilometers each week over time and over time your body adjusts to that increase in training load and then you you know um it's uh, and then you're adding your distance to your long runs and you know for me at the moment it's about adding distance to my midweek you know my my weekly my weekday runs yeah. instead of you know five or seven k they're nine or ten or twelve k you know so it's just little you know little distances and and because I'm focusing a lot more on my nutrition right from the beginning of the training cycle um, I'm not just eating everything in sight um you know and just I'm, the temptation just the, te- the temptation can be there at times absolutely but I'm making sure that the food that I eat is good quality food and that you know is that I'm fueling my body for um for what I'm asking it to do um but I'm not necessarily eating everything that's not nailed down so um yeah it's sort of it's you know and I think it's <laughs> I think the first marathon's a little bit easier. Like you go in and you don't really know just how far it is that you're going to have to run. <laughs> the second one takes a little bit more, oh, 
a little bit more, I don't know, um, a little bit more courage to sign up knowing just how much, you know how much it's going to hurt. You know yes. how much it's, you know how far you've got to go and you're going back. Like either it's a little, either you're a bit braver or you're a little bit more stupid. I'm not sure, but it's, I've decided to, I'll tell you in October. <laughs> I'll tell you on the 15th of October just what I've decided that means but um but it's uh yeah it's like it's um I think I you know you're sort of I'm still at that point where I'm not sure that I'm going to be able to run 42 kilometers again but you know the the training the long runs are yet to really sort of um get much I think the longest training run of longest long run I've done so far on the training cycle is 20 not quite 21k so they're going to start to pick up over the next few weeks so i'm sure my my belief in my in my legs will um increase over the yeah i mean i think once once you get up you know a bit further like i think that you'll probably remember how that how it feels how it felt last time and Mm. you know how it's improved and you'll get there and you'll be like yeah, you know, like I could run 10 more kilometres. It might not be pretty, yeah. but it, it's yeah. definitely doable. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think for me, it was like I was talking to Alison last week. We were out on a run together um, and I, I can't tell you how much I love having <laughs> having a, uh, a running buddy, a run club buddy in my own uh, town. <laughs> it's, I don't feel like I'm on the outskirts anymore. It's um, it's so nice to have somebody else to talk to about I'll move. Um while we run and uh and she said oh what's she's training for melbourne marathon as well and it's her first marathon and she said oh what distance was it for you that that got you thinking you could do it and uh what you know where what was the tipping point that that sort of led to that belief that you could actually run 42 kilometers and for me it was 26k for some reason once i got to 26 kilometers i was like well, it might take me a long time, but I know I can run the distance. So, and, and 26 kilometres is still a long way short of a marathon. But, um, but yeah, that was sort of the the point at which I started to believe that I could actually do it. So, it'll be interesting to see how I feel when I get to 26 k's this time around. So, I'm yeah, sure it's, it it's be. interesting because that's 26 k's is usually when I stop counting up when I'm running a marathon and start counting down because 16Ks to finish, that yes. is a medium length run yeah. that I can wrap my head You're around. Broken. And so yeah. at that point, I kind of like imagine like I've got like a 16K loop that I run yeah. at home and I kind of imagine where I would be on that loop and I'm just kind yeah. of like chipping away at it. And yeah. it's much easier for me to kind of like wrap my head around yeah. that distance rather than thinking about 42 yeah. kilometres. Yes, rather than you get to that 12K mark and you think, yeah, 12K, oh, hang on. <laughs> it's still got 30 kilometres Yeah, and you're kind run. of like you're over that it's middle, so, yeah, middle hump dip- where, where you kind of go, oh, my God, yeah. I've still got it's a like Wednesday to go. And you're sort of, yeah, yeah. You're past Wednesday and you're on to Thursday and you can see the end of, you know, the end of weeks in sight. And you can, exactly. Uh, you can see Long Run Sunday coming. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's certainly... Um, I must say I'm not obsessing quite as much as I did this time last year, but but still it's um, uh, it doesn't take much to sort of get you caught up in the marathon training sort of uh, um, mindset 
you know, you, you once you sort of decide, I'm a bit the sort of person who once I decide this is what I'm going to do, then I'll I'll throw my whole self into it, sort of thing. So it's um, you know, everything I'm doing at the moment is with that with that endpoint in mind. Like it's not it's not my only goal, um, but it is certainly um, it's certainly um, you know, something that means a lot to me as far as as far as my goals go. So it's um, yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be good. We're having lots lots of people signing up and um, for the weekend as well, which is nice. So yeah, gonna have lots of um, lots of operation move singlets running around the the various um, races on the weekend, which is which is um, gonna be lovely. We haven't another big catch up and. And, yeah, uh, MCT nice is always out. a nice place to finish. Yeah, even if they do make <laughs> you run the lap. I know, I know. And then you have to walk the walk from the finish line all the way around, back up to the to the stadium on the outside. But it's um, it's uh, it's nice because you actually get to see people finishing, and you can sit around and watch yeah. people finish as well as have a chat. You don't have to. Um, choose between one or the other you can be doing both at the same time so it's a really it's a great venue for it so um it is and it's, 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 and it's a melbourne. great weekend yeah mm. what's not to know, love about melbourne <laughs> and um it's you know it is always it's quite warm usually that time of year mm. down there i mean not for me but for yeah Oh, for the Southrons, yes. yes. (laughs) For other people. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, um, but yeah, it is, it's just um, the runs there are are so pretty and it's nice having them all on the same day. So even if, so it doesn't matter if you're running 5 or 10 or 21 or 42, it's all happening on the same day, which I always really like too. So, Absolutely, um, and the event expos right there, and um, coffee and donuts and whatever else, hot chips for afterwards, and things like that are um, are all right there. And it's partly sheltered too. So, if the weather is, um, you know, it's Melbourne, I guess if the weather's inclement, you just wait half an hour and and it will change. <laughs> but <laughs> and I mean, really, you know, with the, with, um, with the marathon, if there was a bit of rain, it wouldn't mean the end of the world because. It, you know, no. better to be a little bit cool than you yes. know a little bit hot, yeah. really. Yes, um, but yeah, uh, absolutely. Mm. But yes, yeah. so yeah, it will be, and it will be sort of like I think for like some people probably have some a few odd November races. Uh, I'm looking at doing the Queenstown. Mm. half marathon which would be in November but not as a race just as you know soak in the scenery type of run yeah um yeah. but yeah It'd and then beautiful. it'll be sort of it's a, it's it gets into a more challenging time of the year because it's sort of like you're out of you know training for races you go into sort of like more of the off season and you know there's yeah. more sort of base training but it yeah. can be hard in summer to kind of like maintain your motivation yeah, it's so – like I'd much prefer to run in the cold than I would the heat and I've um, – you know, summer always sort of makes me do an eye roll I think because it's um, – because it just gets so so hot down here in summer and we're so exposed but – and also it means, you know, snakes out mm. on the roads and things which is not pleasant but always have to keep a um, 
a uh, an eye out on the 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 road where you where you're running around here but um but yeah it's sort of it's much easier to get up in the morning though for an early morning run than it is in winter so yes um but it's a great time i think this summer i'm going to look at doing um uh working on my 5k time i think that's something i've always um always wanted to do and never taken the time to do and i think um that that um is something that's going to get a look in this summer. So um, I think it's a know, great time long distances can take a back seat. Yeah, great time of year to be be doing that because you just you know you get to still be consistently running, but you know it's mm. you you don't necessarily have to have the same kind of uh, training volume, which you know mm. is, can be challenging when it's like ninety percent humidity and yeah. all the all the rest of it. And um, yeah. Because so, you have to get up so early to fit those long runs in before it gets baking hot. So, you know, it's um, it's yeah. As I found out last summer, that marathon training and summer don't really go hand in hand, no. <laughs> especially with the school holidays as well. Like you want stuff that you can be getting done before, you know, before husbands leave for work in the morning or when they get home in the evening that you can sort of set out and um, because you not only can you, it's too hot to run during the middle of the day, but with kids home from school for six weeks it can be um a little bit difficult to make the timings work for anything more than sort of half yeah hour, and i mean and i like if i can like i would te- like at the moment i have the benefit of even if i go for you know like a two-hour run i don't need to take water with me because it's mm-hmm. cold enough that summer's I a different it. story though isn't it yeah like, like i couldn't yeah. i couldn't go for and like in the heat of summer, if I'm not going first thing in the morning, I would need my hydration vest if I was doing more mm. than eight k's. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Day. I've got a little handheld bottle, like an Ultimate Direction handheld bottle that I take. That if I'm doing any more than five k in the summer, like in the you know when it's yeah. a bit warmer, it's I take it because I just you just get so. Yeah, Firstly, I've, even just to dump on your head at the end of the run to help you cool yes. down, <laughs> or you haven't, or you haven't drunk. But I certainly wouldn't do more than um, yeah, eight or ten k without a drink. It's just um, even I leave them in my letterbox sometimes, and if I'm doing an out and back, then um, you know I can yeah, sort of, uh, like if I'm down make in, sure I've got water on hand. Down in Ballina, I can kind of do. It's easier to do loops around the car, so I can mm. do stuff in the car, and I can yeah. kind of in like that way do you don't have to carry but yeah, yeah, even recently, um, I have been. I don't have like I just take a normal water bottle. I wouldn't mind getting like one of those handheld ones because my arm does tend to cramp. Oh, just lovely. A little bit, but yeah, um, and you don't actually have to hold onto it. The strap holds your hand in place, so it just yeah. impacts a little bit less on your stride and your um, movement and things like that. So um, yeah, I find it. It does get. And yeah, I just put it on the ground, and if I, you know, if I'm um, get sick of carrying it, and then I invariably end up going out and back on my road, so end up um, end up going past it again on the way back. And because it's not just a you know Mount Franklin bottle of water or something sitting on the side of the road, I'm less concerned about somebody you know driving past and um, mistaking it for a bit of rubbish or whatever yeah. um, means that I'm um, – I often leave my one of my, you know, a long-sleeve shirt or, you know, something like that. 
uh, in the same spot. People know our road's pretty quiet, so um, yeah. so we don't have don't have a lot of traffic going by. But um, but yeah, us, yeah, it's nice to know that there's water because we don't have any bubblers or anything like that along the route. So it um, it will certainly go back on the the planning um, and the the run planning. Um, for the summer runs, that's for sure. It's nice in winter because you can sort of get away with up to sort of 15k without really feeling like you want to have a drink. But um, yeah, and then it's sort of like a bit of a boost when you go into a race type scenario and you are having water regularly, and you're like, actually, this is really good. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know, yes. because you're kind of used to doing okay without it so you get into a situation where you're getting fuel and you're getting water and your body's like this is the best (laughs) this is awesome let's keep running (laughs) yeah no it's pretty fantastic pretty fantastic so yeah so um i'm gonna have to um head off i've got to go and do school pickup and everything now luckily mine are only 200 meters down the down the road but um (laughs) but yes but thank you for having a chat thank you that's it's been lovely i can talk about running all day <laughs> As we all can, I'm sure. Yeah, that should no. that should be, I think, possibly the new tagline for the podcast. We talk yeah. about running all yeah. day. <laughs> Let's just, all day, all day. <laughs> just keep 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 it coming, and just fill me up with coffee along the way. That's fine. <laughs> I have to say one one thing that I'm a little bit. Uh, surprised that we've had, got a few non-coffee drinkers in our midst uh in the uh operation move community i'm not I sure <laughs> i'm not sure i think i feel like sometimes i should have a cup of tea just to go out in sympathy with them i don't know i, I have started having having tea so yeah. um just i uh, probably like this last week my throat's been a little bit funny so yeah like a cup of tea's quite nice but also just like sometimes i guess because it's been cooler Sometimes, mm. um, you know, at nine o'clock at night, I would like a warm drink, but probably coffee's probably not the yeah the I best love a idea tea at, at that time at night just to warm you up from the inside. Um, so really, um, really nice. So yeah, mm. there. Yeah, so you know, like it's okay, non-coffee drinkers. We still yeah, it's like okay. You. We're not going to exclude you, but I'm just saying, I don't know how I feel about it. <laughs> <laughs> We might have to um, we might have to have a subset of uh, of Operation Move people who choose not to partake in uh, in coffee. But anywho, anyway, I've got to get this three year old dressed. With a kid with no clothes on who's made a complete mess of my coffee table with all my kitchen ware, my jugs, my bowls, my can opener. Uh, there's some textures. And there's a whole lot of water all that's, over the table. So the price of being on the phone for you know like a couple uh, of hours. Yes. <laughs> my my friend did offer to have her while we did this, uh, and I said no, no, she'll be fine. So uh, so yeah, <laughs> I should take a photo and put it on Instagram about what what damage she's done in such a very small bit of <laughs> bit of time and space. Just show you what a three-year-old's quite capable of. So yeah. Anyway, um, so thanks for having me. Thanks for talking to me again and persisting through our technical difficulties. Yes, technical difficulties, but it's all sorted now, so that's good. Yep. 
And everybody <laughs> and will be. Everybody she's, will she's be hungry relieved. now, of course. She, she is. is. She wants toast. toast. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> yes. Now I will whinge until you feed me. Isn't that the way that it works? So, yeah. Anywho. Okay, have a good afternoon. <laughs> you too. All right. Bye. See you later. Thank you to Kirsten for chatting with us this week. We had the technical difficulties we were talking about was that my uh, call recorder stopped working and so it was only recording my voice and that was not going to work out very well for any of us. So, But luckily we sorted that out. So that's it for this week and I will be talking to you again next week. As always, if there's anything that you'd like me to talk about in the podcast, just drop me a line via email or pop into the community group and I'm more than happy to uh, do a Q&A or go in depth on a particular topic that you're interested in or I will just continue to make it up as I go along and I will speak to you next week. Bye.